So for those of you that's visiting here today, I see there's quite a couple of you. My name is Werner, and I'm one of the elders here on team, uh, serving on Kevin's team. Uh, my wife is Nicole, um, and I've got two beautiful children, Damon and Isabella, who's uh, currently in junior year. It's been so amazing these last couple of Sundays that almost after worship, you, can, you feel like, you've, like the Lord has done so much. You can almost just carry on or just, just go home. And, and it's a real privilege to, to be able to experience him like that. It's really amazing. But this morning I want to start off um, just by asking us a question. And the question is this. You guys can put it on there. In a relationship, what does any relationship need to be healthy and fruitful? And it's... It can be a range of question, a range of answers in that, and and I thought I would because I, I know the answer like I do with most things, um, <laughs> like so I tell my wife, um, so so I chatted to my daughter Isabella and my wife Nicole and I said you know what what to you is what what's the signs of a health, healthy relationship, so this is what Isabella said she said Papa I love it when you spend time with me. And that's so amazing to hear that my daughter loves to spend time with me. I love to spend time with her as well. And my wife said, babes, it's when you make me laugh. And you know, if you've got a wife that thinks you're funny, you will have a very good marriage. Yes. <laughs> if you think your wife thinks you're annoying, it will be a different story, Sherman. <laughs> I'm just joking. So another thing, laughter, like I said, happiness, being honest and showing grace, which is a difficult one. And those are all things that's important. Maybe I can ask two or three of you, what do you guys think? Karat, what do you think is, is, a, is a, a healthy principle in a relationship? Okay, Karat doesn't know anybody else? <laughs> Intimacy? Anybody else? Okay, well done. No, you win the prize. Communication. I thought no one will get that, but obviously you guys are all clever. Um, so communication, it's, it's a vital part of any relationship. If I spend time with my daughter, I communicate with her. If I make my wife laugh, it's a form of communication. If I show grace, I need to communicate forgiveness. It's communication. It's vital in any, any relationship. Married men, yeah, how many times have you heard your wife say, she comes home and she tells you a story and she says, uh, you know, this happened today and this whole long drawn-out story that you sit and listen to and you think to yourself, while you're in luck because I can help you, I've got the answer. Husband's here. Who, who, who here? So, so what do we do? We say, well, you're in luck. You married, you married me. I know. And, and I, I, I tend to then just communicate what I think you should do to solve this problem so we can move on with our life. But you know what? That's not what we need to do. What is the phrase that we hear after that? I just want you to listen. Which is totally unbiblical. Husbands, you give your wife advice. No, no, don't do that. You'll, you'll have, you won't have a good marriage. You need to listen sometimes. And there's time to give advice. But that's communication. Parents, how many times your kids, they're a little bit older, sometimes they still does it. They call you Papa, Papa, Mommy, from other side of the house just to for you to show you something to come help or to to just be part of what they're doing 
That's them communicating with you. That's them wanting your attention. We have this thing in our marriage that at night when our kids go to bed and the house is quiet and we're in our bedroom, um, it's, no, 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 it's not going there. We, we have this time that we, that we chat. It's, it's our time. So those chats can be joking time, it can be planning time, it can be communicating, it can be you did this or you did that. But that builds our relationship. Communication builds our relationship. So why am I sharing this? Because it's not a parenting course or a marriage course. No. Because I believe Jesus wants to communicate with us. It's a vital part of our relationship with him. And how do we communicate with him and him communicate with us? It's through prayer. And the thing is for us as Christians, prayer is probably one of the most single most important things that we do as Christians because it connects us. We have established that we need to have communication to be connected. So this morning, in a sense, I want to go back to basics. And if I, if I look at our preachers the last couple of Sundays and I look at Lee on baptism and Damon sharing on the love of God and, and a couple of preachers before that, and also Kevin mentioned this couple of things he wanted to preach about, it's really like that the Lord is, is focusing a sense on, on our foundations and for us to go back to basics, which is great because not, we don't always want to hear about going back to basics. We, we want to hear what the promises and, and go into the intricate things of God, but we forget if our foundation is not rooted and the foundation is not strong, we're not going to build on that. And prayer is a big part of that foundation. It's a, it's a big part of our foundations. There's so many times that we hear about prayer as Christians. We read about it in, in, in the Bible. We ask people for prayer. There's WhatsApp groups, community groups, so many people asking for prayer. And what is the universal response for prayer on a WhatsApp group? And that's where it ends. And that's not prayer. That's you saying that you actually want to pray for them. But, and sometimes, I'm, I'm not speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself here. Some, we want to pray and we indicate we want to, but we never get to it. So, like I said, I believe it's one of, of the weakest, of our weakest, and, 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 and over the years, my weakest point is prayer. Because I do it, but, but there's so much more than just doing it the way that I see it needs to be done. Is our, are our prayer times effective? Is it an effective time? Do we walk away from time being changed? And it's not by accident that the one thing that draws us close to God is the one thing that the enemy uses for us to not draw close to God because we don't pray like we should. We don't connect with the Lord like we should. So the question is this. How, what does the Bible say about prayer? What do we, how do we need to pray? It says that we need to be devoted to prayer. That's a big and a strong word. Devoted to prayer. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful, thank, uh, being watchful and thankful. Acts 2.42, like we all know, they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And speaking on devotion, I was wondering, uh, how do we do as Christians? Because I know what I do, and I know that I need to, it's something that I need to, and the Lord has challenged me deeply while preparing um, for, uh, for today. And I was wondering, how does other Christians do? And I thought, I'm going to try and search for stats to see how Christians pray. Sorry, I didn't put my time on, so you're going to get about five minutes longer now. Um, so I was searching for stats. How, Christian pray, or how do we do as Christians in our prayer life? So listen to this. 68% of Christians 
pray at least daily. 17% of Christians pray at least weekly. 5% of Christians. You may remember this was a study done not amongst the church, amongst Christians in America. 5% monthly. And this is a concerning one. 9% seldom or never. Now imagine I speak to my wife weekly. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be problems. And if, if, I, if I bring that into our context, say we are 400 people that's part of this congregation, that means 272 of us pray at least daily. 68 pray weekly, 20 pray monthly, and then 36 of us sitting here pray seldom or never. Well, that's a scary stat. And you know what's more scary? That stat was taken in 2014. And I believe that figures will be greatly inflated today. So that means we've got a problem. We've got a big problem. You know, the Lord says He calls us. He's got a calling for us. He's got a plan and purpose for our lives. There's a general call for each and every one of us, but there's a specific call for each and every one of us. He's got a plan for each and every one of your life. So imagine you do not spend time with Him. How can you be effective at what the Lord's doing in your life if you don't know where to go, what to do, and you don't spend time with Him, and your prayer time is not a time of devotion with Him? How do you know where to go and what to do? We, we're basically just floating around until something happens. And our prayers are so powerful. Imagine this for a second. If we pray, we pray in 99, Lord, I need you now. Lord, help me. Lord, I've fallen. Lord, forgive me. You guys still hear me? I'm cutting out a bit. Forgive me. Forgive me for my sins, Lord. Help me in this situation. Lord, I need the answer today. What if our prayer life looked like this? Father, please help me as I go into the situation. Lord, be with me so that I don't fall in this situation. Lord, please help me not to look at these things. Instead of praying reactively, let's pray as we should, building a relationship with the, with the king. Imagine all of us here drive. So imagine, and I try to, to make it easier so we can all understand. Imagine you're driving your and all of a sudden, there's a light that comes on the dash. It's an engine light or a service light, and you think, wow, okay, that's a bit concerning. It's, it's, you know, it's a warning light, so it's a warning. But you know, my car's driving, so I'm going to go for it. So I don't have time to look and see after that now. I'm going to go. And in a week two down the line, you drive, and you think, like, whoa, there's a noise coming from the engine. But you know what? I've course driving and I'm in a bit of a rush, you know. I have to get where I'm going. And you carry on driving and the next day you stop at the stop street and you pull away and you just see smoke coming out of the car. And you're thinking, whoa, okay, big problems here. But maybe it's just my fuel that's a little bit dirty. Let me drive through this tank and see what happens. And further down the line, one day you climb in your car and you drive and there's just a big bang. And your car stops and it doesn't work anymore. And that form of transportation actually becomes ineffective to you at that point. But you know what? That's how we pray. We don't maintain our prayer life. We pray on 99. We pray when there's problems. And what happens? Our vehicle, when we break down, and then we need attention because we have not maintained our time with the Lord when we become ineffective as a vehicle for Jesus. We need to involve him in the process. 
not when we need him. We need to involve him and we need to keep him in the process. It's so beautiful that um, song that Ingrid said, sang, is he's still sweeter than anything. And in a sense, it's difficult for him to be that if we don't spend time with, that, with him. He won't be sweeter than everything if we don't make him our everything. I read this statement. You can bring God your problems as we do in prayer. But you can also give him your thoughts. You can, give, you can bring God your problems, but you can also bring in your thoughts. And I don't know about you, but for me that, that struck home to me because a lot of the times my prayer life consists of the things that I'm going through and the things I need, not necessarily earthly things, but, you know, I need, Lord, I need this in my walk. Lord, I need to be effective. But I actually don't just sit and, and, and just spend time with Jesus without an agenda. I don't give him my thoughts. I don't. I do with my wife, but I don't do it with Jesus. We need to realize we can pray about anything. Anything, the Lord says. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And you know what? I, I, that's very basic to me. The Lord says, pray about anything. And I was like, okay, it can't be that basic. Let me see what the Greek says about anything. And you know what the Greek said about anything? It said anything. So we can literally, from the smallest insignificant thing to the biggest thing you can think we can bring to the Lord. And we need to realize that He's a God that's not there. And I'm from Afrikaans background, and a lot of the times we speak about Jesus that's holy. And He is. But we speak about Jesus there that's holy. Jesus in the heavens that's holy. And that's, that, that's not effective for me. Because I cannot pray to someone, I cannot have a relationship with my wife if she stays in America. Even I can call her sometimes and video call her, it's not going to work. But we need to pray Jesus to the Jesus that's here. In your situation where you need his comfort, Jesus, your, your head is on his chest. You're praying there. Lord, I can't get through this day. You're praying in his arms. He's carrying you. And that's the prayer we should have when we pray to him. Sorry, I, someone's getting a bit emotional, so just excuse me. Prayer unites us with Him. It draws us closer. If we don't pray often, we won't feel close to Him. That's just facts. That's just facts. He calls us His sons and daughters for a reason, because it's close. And we call Him a Father because He's an image of a true Father. He is. And like my kids call me and Isabella shouts in the room, that she's, no, she's not allowed to do, by the way. It's not allowed in her house, but still, even Damon, but he's got an excuse now, he can't walk, so he can shout. Um, my, in a sense, we can call out to him, because it's allowed to Jesus. We can shout, and we can call out, Abba, Father, I need, your, I need your help. We can do that. It can be like the time that I spend with my wife at night. It can be intimate, it can be funny, it can be serious. He's our Father. You know what I've realized in my life and in so many people that I speak to is that we've got a perception of our Father. We all have different perceptions of our Father, everybody that sits here, and some of them are amazing and some of them not so good. But even in the amazing Father and not so good Father, if that is your lens that you see the Father through, you're missing it. You're really missing it because he's, he's not the reflection 
of our earthly fathers. He is the perfection of our earthly fathers. And once we see him like that, it's only truly that we can accept his love and his embrace and his leadership and his guidance. And for some of us, we have to sit down and really focus on that point and say, Lord, I need to see you the way you are. Search scriptures. You need to see him for the true perfect father that he is. We spoke a little bit now about art and why it's important to pray and, and, and the relationship aspect and, and communicating with him. And, and that's great. But with anything, there's a practical application. And, and I want to go a little bit through that to help us, to give us tools and handles to be able to pray effectively. And you know what? Jesus knew that prayer was important because in Matthew, he, he says that, Matthew 6, 9. Jesus says, then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we for, have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know, that prayer, when I was a little boy and I was in primary school and we were still allowed to do that, we said that prayer in assembly. We said that prayer and said every time. I knew that prayer like a new uh, national anthem, like a new school song. And when I was a young boy, and just in school, six, seven years old, that's the prayer I prayed. That's all I knew. So when I went to bed, I knew I had to pray because Jesus is important. And, and I prayed that for years. That's the only prayer I prayed. And I believe there's power in that. But I also believe that that is not the prayer that, prayer that we should pray every day when we need to connect with Jesus. It's in a sense a form and a um, sort of a, a way and a guideline of how we should pray effectively. You guys all with me? Sorry, my mouth's a bit dry. Uh, thanks, Andre. <laughs> Sorry, I've got a bit of a, a sinus problem, so let me just take some. Mm. So in a sense, we all know these things because it's foundational. That's the first thing we learn as being, becoming Christians. But we sort of lose it along the way. And we, like I said, we focus on these important truths of, of what Jesus promised us and his word and what we should do. But we don't, we don't go back to these things. We don't go back to them. It's so important. So the first point, and I'm going to go through a couple, is make it personal. It's not a transactional relationship. It's not an ATM where you put in a pin and you receive money out. Like, I've given this, Lord, I need to get this back. It's not that, like that at all. It's a connection with God. It, it's, it's always about the connection. There is a person at the other end. We should pray not like we're sending this letter into oblivion, and hopefully we'll get a response. We should pray, Lord, that you are there and you are hearing my prayers and you will answer my prayers, Lord, if it's in accordance to your will. We need to pray like that. The goal is always God. We need to know, draw near to Him in our prayer time. He is always the goal of our prayer. Our goal is not to lay our burdens at His feet. The goal is Him, to spend time with Him and connect with Him. And as the, prayer, uh, as the scripture starts, and this is the second point, we need to start with praise. Verse 9, it says, look at where we started. Hallowed be your name. That's where the prayer starts. So what does it show us? We need to start with praise. In every prayer time, you need to praise him for he is. Jesus, I thank you for what you've done for me, Father. I thank you that you're the King of kings and Lord of lords. Those are all truths. We need to lift these up in that situation. So we need to pray like that. We need to, in a sense, put our focus on him. And for me, for, for prayer time, it lays that foundation of, Lord, you've done this for me, and I'm so grateful. Like, like there 
That's where I am. Like you start there and you just realize you're, you're praying to this God that can do anything and that's created the earth and the skies. That's the person we're speaking to. Praise always leads the way. It impacts our connection with him. Sorry, I'm getting massive cotton mouth here now. Point number three, align with his plans for your life. Well, this is a tough one because a lot of the times we've got an idea where we want to go and we want to pray, Lord, please bless that and help me and let us go there. But there's strength in aligning our prayers with where he's going. There's strength with figuring out what the flow of God is and knowing what he's doing in our lives and going with that flow. We don't want to miss what he's doing. And there's a reason we start here in the morning with a prayer meeting. We're trying to hear, Lord, what do you want to do for us today in this meeting? We want to know where he's going. If, if we feel the Lord is leading our congregation this way and Kevin feels now, but I actually want to go this way, and we say, Lord, please bless what we're doing here. He's not going to bless what we're doing this side if he's going that side. And we need to pray like that. If your prayer is, Father, I've got difficult marriage. Please, I, I can't deal with my husband. Please help me to get out of this marriage. It's not going to be blessed because it's not where the flow of God's going. Your prayer should be, Lord, change my heart. Change my husband's heart. Bless our marriage. Give me a breakthrough in this and that situation. We need to pray into those things. We need to. He's not going to bless those, those, those prayers. We need to identify distractions in our lives when we pray. And I know there's a couple of you that I've heard that play, pray in your outside toilet or wherever you pray just to escape from from what's going on in the house. And we need to sometimes withdraw from, from you know, not always, but there's times that it's just you and God, you know? You need, even Jesus withdrew in the Garden of Gethsemane. We need to get times like that. Prayers like, Jesus, how can I be useful in your plans and purposes for my life today? How can I be useful in what you're doing in my life today? It doesn't matter how difficult it is. It doesn't matter what it is. Lord, how can I, what can I pray for my brother or my sister that's going through this situation? How can I pray so that they will be effective and to where that you're leading them? That's the pray- prayers we should pray. We should do, that's what he wants from us. As I was prepping, I, was, I was, got this um, quote, and it says, The function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. It's on the board there. Can you put it up for us there, Morgan, please? The function of prayer is not to influence God, but to rather change the nature of the one who prays. But we should walk away from prayer like that, changed. You know what we do? We pray and we say, Lord, I need this, I need that, help me here, help me there, give me breakthrough in this situation. And in a sense, we give God a to-do list, which sometimes, I'm not saying it's wrong, but you know what? The Lord says we should be changed by spending time with Him. We must become more like Him. So this is how, for me, a healthy prayer life should look most of the time. Not always. We need to have the to-do list. There should be this that we, when we spend time with God, He would say, listen, you need to sharpen up here. You need to change that. You're a bit harsh here with your wife. You need to ask for forgiveness there. You're not family well. You need to be the one with a to-do list that walks away from that time with Him. Point number four, ask for what you need. Verse 11, it says, give us our daily bread. And you know what? I'm going to put my hand up here. That's where most of us start. When we pray, Lord, give me my, you know, give us today our daily bread. 
But there's so much more. And, and once again, this is not a, a rule. You can start there sometimes. But sometimes we really need for the, for the Lord to come through in our lives in a certain situation. We need that. But our prayer life should not be predominantly like that. We need to thank Him that He supplies our needs. And we can come to Him with any need. It doesn't matter how insignificant it is. We can lay everything at His feet. And you know what? When we do that and we pray and we ask the Lord, you know, we've actually got a helper that intercedes on our behalf. We've got the Holy Spirit interceding for us. Romans 8.26 says, But the Spirit intercedes for us. And then the next point, clear the air. Just want to run through those points again. Make it personal. Start with praise. Align His plans for your life. Ask for what you need. And the fifth point is clear the air. And verse 12, it says, Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. So as you know, the Lord knows everything. He knows what, what you did. He knows what you need to ask forgiveness for. But there is power in asking forgiveness. So we cannot come to, to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to pray, but we don't lay our, our problems and our failures at His feet and say, Lord, please forgive me for this. One of the biggest things that will hinder your prayer as a believer is unforgiveness. It says so in the, in the Bible. Your prayers won't be effective. We cannot come to, to, to the Lord praying and asking Him and thinking He's going to bless that if we've got unforgiveness in our life. Our, our connection with Him will not... We won't have a connection with Him in that, in that space. But your prayers won't be blessed. Acquaint yourself with His Word. The next point. Remind Him of His Word. Jesus loves when you remind Him of what the Bible says. Things like... God, you're my ref- refuge and strength, Psalm 46. A prayer like, Lord, I cannot do this today. I cannot. I cannot go through this day, Lord. I cannot go through this situation. My marriage is tough, whatever the situation is. But Lord, your word says, you're my refuge and my strength. So today, let me find my strength. He loves it when we do that. He will work all things for his good. Lord, I'm in this situation. It's not, I don't feel like it's going to work out, but you, I know you will work everything together for your good. It builds faith in us. And then the, the last point that I want to end with is, is don't be afraid of silence. And that's a one. Because as a church, even here in worship, we're afraid of silence. And I find that the, the deepest, most intimate moments that I've experienced with the Lord is in, the, in those places. And for me, we've got friends, but you know, my way of telling true friends, this is how I, I, one of the examples, not the example, but one of the, is that I can be silent with those people. It's not awkward, you know? You can sit in the uh, company, but you don't have something to say. I call them couch friends, because I go to their house, like today will be a perfect example. I will get there, and I'll go lie on the couch, and I'll sleep. Most of the time. When we, but it's just that space where you know you can just be who you are. And you, and you know, the Lord, He doesn't always need this eloquent prayer and this whole situation that you lay. You can sometimes just say, Lord, life is tough. Life is tough, but I don't know what to pray that I haven't prayed before, but I just need you. I just want to lay at your feet. That's all. You can lay at his feet. You don't have to say a thing. And he will do things in your life that the most powerful prayer couldn't do. So, 
I know this is very practical and you said going through things you already know. But I do believe for us as a congregation, the Lord is definitely doing something here in us and taking us somewhere. And we need to focus on our foundations to be effective of where he's taking us. And this is a very big part of, 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 our, of our lives as Christians, is to pray and for him to be part of that. So I want to end off with a testimony or two, just about prayer. I thought I'd, I'd encourage you guys, just, and, and, and I'm sure if I ask by a show of hands, who here has got a testimony of where the Lord has come through miraculously because someone prayed? Who here? So it's a lot of you. But I wanted to focus it on, on, on a bit on, on my life and my family's life so I can tell you what the Lord has done, just to encourage you a bit. So a couple of years ago, I, 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 I wasn't as, I was a bit, um, I was, not that there's anything wrong sitting in the back there, guys, but I was more or less against the, the wall at the back there. Um, that was my spot in church a couple of years ago. Really struggling really struggling in this, in this space being a Christian because I didn't know where God was leading me and what he wants from me and what his plan is for me. And, and in a sense, everything was, was very up and down in Democrat. And it was a tough couple of years. It really was to the point that I almost left. Sorry, But just one day, it went like this, and it started going like this, and it just went. I don't know what happened. I can't say this happened, that was the result. But someone came to me afterward and said, listen, I'm going to take your name off my prayer list. Because I can see that the Lord has answered prayers. I had someone praying for me diligently for years. And I believe because of that prayer. Stories about grandmothers praying for their families, and for their grandkids and for their kids. And you just see the Lord's hand. And sometimes uh, the Lord doesn't answer those prayers straight away. You know, sometimes it's diligence. Sometimes you have to persevere. Sometimes it's, it's years. But I believe that's true testimony of, of prayer the Lord has done. And things happened very quickly after that. Just the Lord doing things in my life and changing things. Like a year ago, I wouldn't have said, I'm preaching after my son preached. And I think it's something that... Also, I wanted to pray. Sorry for the sniff. Another one, a little bit more upbeat. Um, so I just wanted to focus on, on prayer, and sometimes it takes long, and sometimes it's an instant. And, and Aldous, Paul Skalk and Ingrid went to, to the Netherlands a couple of months ago, and they met this lady there that was from South Africa, and she said, listen, I'm, I'm trusting for this family member, and I've been praying for them that they all get to know the Lord. You know, they just mentioned it to her. They didn't ask them, them to have a prayer meeting, or she just said she prays, she's praying to God, and she's trusting for a healthy church. That's what, she, that, that's what she's doing. And you know what my wife, this is the sound going up and down. My wife, 
So I'm speaking loudly and soft. Sorry, I'm going to speak, actually, I do speak loud and softly, don't I? I was told that. Sorry, I forgot about that. So I'm going to speak monotone. So, um, so they, they told this, it's called an about this couple. And they said, listen, I'm trusting for this, this guy to meet the church and be part of our church. And that's where it ended. And then my wife went to gym, like she sometimes do. But you know what, this was the day that the Lord called her to go there. And, 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 um, she went there and she saw this guy. And she said, listen, the Lord said to her, this guy's going to come to you and he's going to speak to you. Before he said anything. And then he speaks to you, you need to tell him about your church. You need to tell him about Jesus. And she spoke to him and she tried to find a gap which was a bit difficult. And she said, listen, be part of a church that meets here. On a Sunday, this is the time. Next Sunday is here. And that was the Sunday we had our baptism service. He came here, responded to the gospel, he got baptized in his clothes on that Sunday. That was the exact same guy that that lady, 13,000 Ks far away, at the same time told Scott Kinnigrid about. That is the power of prayer. And you know what, as Christians, we don't always see the big picture. We're part of this side of the picture. And in a sense, it doesn't show the majesty of, of God, of what he can do. And it's a privilege to see start to end what the Lord is doing there. And, and I mean, what is the chances? She didn't tell him even church. He didn't know Nicole was in our church. It's just the Lord speaking to someone because someone else spoke to him. And that's the power of prayer. There is power in prayer. It's not something we need to do. It is. But it's something we have to do. And we should not just pray our prayers that we pray. We need to be devoted in our prayer time with Jesus. He needs to change our lives when we walk away from Him. We can't be the same if we pray and spend time with Him. It's impossible. It is impossible. We need to be stretched. We need to feel like we, like, like, like Lord, I need you to do this. We do. We need Him daily. You know, there's no person in this room that sits here today that doesn't need Jesus in some other area or aspect in their life or their family's life. No one, no one sitting here because we live in a fallen world. We do. We need to pray for those family members, husbands that's not here, wives that's sitting here. We need to not lose hope. It's never ever too late. A diligent prayer sometimes is needed. We have to trust God. We have to. To trust God. You guys are okay with that? Just want to go through the points again. Make it personal. Start with praise. Align with his plans for your life. Ask what you need. Clear the air. Acquaint yourself with his word. And don't be afraid of silence. We can just be in his presence. We can just be.